in the heart of central Alberta. Some say ghost stories aren't just tales for kids. Maybe they're the town's poorly kept secrets. From the creaking old home with more history than it can bear, to the winding river where locals claim to hear the screams of a long-forgotten friend. Red Deer may have more skeletons in its closet than it does in its haunted houses. Or it might not. Or it might. It's difficult to be sure. Welcome to Red Deer, where the ghost stories are as real as the misnamed elk themselves, and the mysteries are as thick as the evening fog. This episode of The Harmonious Gentleman is brought to you by our friends at Blind Man Brewing, makers of Central Alberta's best craft beer, purveyors of delicious tacos, and hosts of all kinds of harmonious fun. They don't like to brag about it, but they've won Brewery of the Year in Alberta and Best in Show at the Canadian Brewing Awards. Head to Lacombe and check them out. podcast episodes were the number of dinner guests sitting around visiting in the painting discussing the divine comedy with dante by little known taiwanese artists dai dudu <laughs> lee tz and zhang an you'd know this has to be episode 103 of mm-hmm. the harmonious gentleman i don't often guess what you're gonna do this one i did yeah like if those taiwanese guys are involved it has to be <laughs> yeah for sure 103 yeah hey ty hey happy halloween guys <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Tyler. <laughs> it's October 29th, Chris's yeah, favorite time drop. of year. <laughs> I also want to welcome you guys into my home. I think this is the only time I've ever hosted in my house. And mm-hmm. will be. The and only we move time. out of this house in a week or so. Hmm. So this is the last chance for us to host here. So sorry about that. I made you wait. That's no, okay. It was worth the wait. The place it's, looks great. Yeah. It's full of boxes <laughs> and the memories that were. Uh-huh. Um, so we have a bit of a... This is my episode tonight, just to be clear. Yeah. So Tyler took the first one uh, of the new group. Chris, you covered Michener, which I mm-hmm. loved that topic and all the work you put into that. So I thought, how can I do one that does not nearly involve that much work, <laughs> <laughs> but is also interesting in its own way? Yeah. And Chris, I'm dedicating this episode to you. Okay. Because I know you love this time of year. <laughs> you love Halloween. <laughs> um, I also know that one of my biggest failures in life was my ghost episode of this podcast a couple years back. I don't think it was that bad. Not a lot of listens on that bad boy. Okay. <laughs> um, so that's what we're going to so do. So this is like a redemption, yeah, a redemption ghost episode. episode. This is a, it's a spooky, if you're, if you're easily spooked out there in listener land, you're going <laughs> to want to. This is why I hate Halloween, Graham. I'm <laughs> easily spooked. <laughs> Did the intro spook you a little bit? I have goosebumps still. Right on. You screamed. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm yeah. taking my mic off. <laughs> Ty, what's new? You're going somewhere, uh, right? I'm going to Ireland in a few days. Wow. So... Yeah, that'll be. Have you been there before? Be I've never been there. I think no, I've been to Europe a couple times, but slap never a couple Ireland. gentleman stickers on the in the pubs and stuff. Yeah, maybe? all over Guinness. All yeah, over Ireland the Guinness, is but. a part of Europe. Is that right? What's that? Ireland is a part of Europe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That was a trick question for a second. I'm hoping. <laughs> but I, I, I was glad you weren't quizzing me on like what's the difference between the UK, the United, and the um, United Kingdom, the right great britain right 
and England. Shout and out England. to our yeah. friends yeah. Neil yeah. and Klaska de Koning, who just got back from a two-week yeah. trip to Ireland. They helped to describe the difference between for me. Cool. Because I had no clue. Yeah. I still can't remember what their answer was. But <laughs> it's, you should, it's complicated. Let's no, just say that. You should bring the recorder and, and talk to people there, maybe. I get might. Some, get some audio for us. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. a conference where there'll be people from all over the world. So maybe we could do some kind of... We can leave Alberta and do some kind of international theme. You should something. take a lot of stickers. Yeah. Just so you know, all there everywhere. is a Harmonious <laughs> Gentleman sticker now in the secret pizza location at the Cosmopolitan Casino in Las Vegas. Is on, there on one, a pinball machine? Is there one on one of the walls of the sphere? <laughs> you <laughs> Did can't. jump and put one in there. <laughs> I would have loved to try, but I probably would have got electrocuted. Yeah, awesome. You guys get to all these travel adventures: Vegas, Sphere, Ireland. Yeah. What do I get to do? You get to move. It's true. <laughs> cool. And if you're lucky, survive this episode. Speaking of this, this episode, we should get started. I just I want to say now that we've been in my home, we're gonna leave right away. <laughs> this is all <laughs> this I can offer it. you. That was a great fifteen minutes. Nobody has any drinks. No, we're gonna go. This is a, an on location. So there's three secret locations we're gonna I'm gonna take you guys to, and I'm gonna build the tension. So the audio that the listeners hear, you're gonna hear on the way, hmm. and then we're gonna stop at three locations and have a chat. Did you dress warm? Yeah. I brought a scarf. Yeah. Okay. Let's go. Woohoo! <laughs> This segment is brought to you by Cilantro and Chive. Delicious and creative dishes, a huge variety of locally crafted drinks, and building community in Red Deer and Lacombe. They're the gents' favorite place to grab a bite. In the solitude of their parents' Red Deer home, Teresa Phillips and her brother were spellbound by the unearthly blue flames that flickered across the basement ceiling. This ghostly blaze was just one of the many unsettling occurrences plaguing their humble home on 60th Avenue in Riverside Meadows. Decades prior, when the area was predominantly farms and wilderness, Teresa's father erected the family home. However, as the basement was excavated, builders were confounded by an unexpected layer of ashes buried within the supposedly undisturbed ground. A troubling mystery shrouded the origins of the cinders, leaving the family deeply unsettled. Following the home's completion, a series of inexplicable events unfurled their sinister dance. Dryers switched on and off in the basement, prompting the family to jest about the unseen entity they named Henry the Ghost. Ominous sounds emanated from the record player, as though phantom fingers were caressing the needle in the dead of night. I always felt there was something down there, Teresa later confessed, the mere memory of the basement sending shivers down her spine. Despite efforts to modernize the house by connecting it to the city's utilities, the malevolent presence refused to be appeased. During the renovations, an inexplicable accident led to an explosion scorching a part of the house and casting a pall of unease over the family. The origins of the inexplicable occurrences remained shrouded in the darkness, leaving Teresa to ponder if the incidences were interconnected a haunting secret that still lingers within the very walls of the house, forever shrouded in mystery and fear.
So the gentleman, um, I've driven them to a location uh, of the home, the, the Ashes Foundation home here in Riverside uh, Meadows. Yeah. Um, the issue with this is that uh, people live there currently. And so I parked a ways away and uh, we're going to walk towards the house. I just want to get Chris's thoughts and feelings so far on what we're doing. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, like neighborhood lights on. Cars are running and people, I don't think they're looking out at the window at us yet. But that definitely could happen as three adults walk through the neighborhood with a recorder. Tyler? I definitely feel, uh, like you mentioned, a presence. <laughs> <laughs> like there's people around. Yeah, there's actually people. <laughs> yeah. But Graham, how did you find out about this story? So this one... You know, I, there's, there's a lot of ghost stories floating around. And, and the way I chose which locations was just how often I ran, ran into the stories. And so this one was in uh, two books and uh, a, a newspaper article from years ago as well. And it stuck out to me because it was, yeah, the stories were really vivid. The blue flames on the ceiling and, and I like those images. And, and then when I drove past and drove by the house, I kind of had to find what the actual address. That was hard to do because doesn't really say it in the books so we're just going to approach it right now and we are currently on the left guys look that is the most decorated halloween yard i've ever seen i think in my life so the ambiance the ambiance for this episode is perfect all right we are approaching um the home and i just want to kind of set the mood for the listeners here chris and tyler they look a little freaked out um it might just be because they're walking on ice, but they look a little hesitant. Um, and guys, as we approach the corner here, you're going to see um, the home. And uh, just for our... It's going to be on our side. And I don't want to stare too much because people live there. Um, but Tyler, I'm just going to get you to... The first thing that comes to mind when I point to the home here uh, for our listeners here, this haunted house. Okay, I see a small, boxy house. It's dark. There's lights on inside. It's not really giving off haunted vibes to me. Oh, but I just saw movement inside. Yeah, a human movement. Yeah, it doesn't seem haunted. <laughs> it doesn't seem haunted to me. I don't. <laughs> Chris, how do you feel? I do notice that everybody's sidewalk is shoveled on this street except for this home. Interesting note. So, so I sort of figured that when we got here, there wouldn't be a whole lot to do, obviously, at someone's home. I just wanted them to get the feeling here. Just, guys, picture there's way less homes here, right? Picture a lot of farmland. Um, and, you know, on our walk back here, I thought while we're here, I would just pose a question to you guys in general as we're walking around. And so as we walk back, um, quick question for both of you guys. If you're buying a house, if the owners of the house consider the house haunted, would you feel like you would want to know do you think it would be the realtor's responsibility if the owner claims there's ghosts that you would want to be told that information this reminds me of a question i just discussed with shanna like if somebody had died in the home you were about to buy is it the realtor's obligation to tell you so kind of similar i I don't know if i'd want to know because it would influence me and i think it's a stupid thing to influence me for a purchase so i think i'd prefer not to know i think there's a difference between someone feeling like they're like a home is haunted and people actually being killed in a house or dying in a house although you but, could have a two for one there <laughs> right yeah i i i don't i wouldn't need to know i don't i think if someone thought their house was haunted 
I would try to think, okay, maybe there's something wrong with the foundation of this house, or it's like, what, what, why are they, why do they feel like it's haunted? Like there must be another reason. So I'd want to know more, maybe. But hey, we're leaving the house. Why aren't we going inside? Well, there's people who currently live there, and I felt a little uncomfortable about inviting ourselves in and contenting them. Um, and part of that, I'm not going to lie, is because what if they don't know about all these stories? And we show up and we're like, hey, we hear all these things. I feel like that'd be kind of a weird thing to drop on somebody. Um, speaking of like homes with ghosts, remember when we bought our house? Maybe my brother, maybe a friend of mine who mentioned like, oh, it's 100 years old, like, there's going to be ghosts in there. And I was kind of like, I was like, not... I think this person was serious, but I, I don't remember exactly who it was. But here's the other funny thing. Heidi was chatting with someone the other day who knew the person before us who lived in our home. And she said to my wife, like, oh, a lot of a lot of unexplained stuff in that house over the years. Oh, boy, how have you guys found it? Like, And I thought, well, like, you know, daily ghosts, yes, but they're not the scary kind. So I'm not all that concerned. Okay, so we solved that. We saw one house. It's, you know, on, on the scale of, like, haunted home stories, it's not incredible. Um, but, you know, it's getting us started on the right foot. I appreciate that you're easing us in by, more like, this story is a little bit, you know, there's malevolent spirits, but in general, they're harmless. And I think we're going to get a little more intense. Yeah, it's, it's probably not going to get that much more intense, but... <laughs> This segment is brought to you by the King's University in Edmonton, Alberta. Offering an exceptional liberal arts education from a Christian perspective, King's degree programs integrate internships, work learning, study abroad experiences, and research opportunities. The King's University, bright hope for tomorrow. A local tale that sends shivers down the spine involves the haunting presence of Cronquist House, now nestled near beautiful Bower Ponds. Back in 1911, this Edwardian-style residence, built by and for Emmanuel Pedersen Cronquist, originally graced the grounds of what is now West Park until it was uprooted and relocated in the 1970s. Whispers abound that the relocation disturbed more than just the house's physical structure. While no concrete specters have been sighted, eerie occurrences have left their mark. Witnesses attest to cutlery rearranging itself and cups and saucers shifting positions in a baffling dance. Doors have been known to slam shut, seemingly propelled by an unseen force, with the distinct echo of phantom footsteps lingering on the upper floors. Former executive director Elizabeth Plumtree experienced an unnerving encounter herself. Upon entering the house, she was greeted by an unsettling sight, the kitchen doors swinging wildly without reason. Oddly, the alarm system remained silent, defying logic. Investigating further, Plumtree found the house devoid of any living presence. According to Michael Daw, a local historian who documented the incident, it was as if an invisible entity had streaked through the door just moments before Plumtree's arrival, leaving behind an unsettling chill in its wake. 
The swinging door was when I came in one morning and uh, the alarm was on. I opened the door, the alarm was on, and the door behind me was swinging violently. It's a swing door between what they call the butler's pantry and, the, uh, and this dining room. And it was swinging violently. So I stopped and I thought, well, nobody can be in here because the alarm's still on. And uh, I went all around the house, nobody was in here. And then the door stopped swinging. I've heard several people say, and these are reputable people who have been sitting on the, on the pews outside, and this old man comes and sits at the side of them and talks and chats, and then suddenly disappears. He's not there anymore. If we think uh, maybe on a fall night, getting close to Halloween with the fog and all the other things that are happening down here, if one saw something that maybe we couldn't explain, who knows, maybe there is something happening. So, the harmonious gentlemen um, have exited the vehicle and we are uh, at Bower Ponds. And so I'm leading them towards the Cronquist house. That's Cronquist with an R. And um, Chris, you mentioned this is the only sort of ghost story you've actually heard of in Red Deer before. Yeah, not like I've researched any kind of ghost stories in Red Deer, but I had heard that this was a haunted spot before. As a kid, maybe? I actually don't know or remember the details. I've been here for a, I think it was my Oma's birthday party or something, years and years ago. And I remember being creeped out by a painting in here. Oh. And I... I'll post the picture on our Instagram later, but I took a picture just sitting in front of this painting or like a portrait of someone thinking like that is a really creepy picture. That's kind of cool. So I got, so the last house we were at, I didn't get haunted vibes. I get some haunted vibes at this one. Yeah, that story of the person, and I like our listeners have heard, I haven't heard the caretaker. Is that who it was here? Who kind of experienced the spirit in this house but uh i think that's interesting and it makes it difficult to make light of ghosts when you hear stories of people who are so convinced that something like that has happened so that's just going through my mind right now thanks ty i one thing i kept coming across in my quote-unquote research i hesitate to use that word when it comes to ghost stories but was the um upper level windows um people report seeing like a being or a person or a, or a figure um standing up there or walking past it uh, at nighttime like it is right now and so i thought what we could do is just stand in the front here maybe get a couple of pictures for the the website and um maybe maybe spot something i think that'd be pretty cool so we'll just um yeah chris why don't you describe it well it as we heard it is built in the William style? I forget. Uh, Edwardian style. So it's brick, three stories tall. It has a turret on the left side, a veranda that wraps three quarters of the way around the house, uh, lots of windows, a uh, kind of arch on one side with, I don't know, a gable, would you call that, with another window? So there's yeah, lots of windows on the third story. And if I did see a head at that window right now, I'd probably... We'd have to cancel the whole episode, run, right? run quickly back to I the would, car. I would cancel the whole thing. At this point. <laughs> Although Tyler would have a good explanation for it, so it looks like a creepy attic would be up there too. Yeah, that was a 
Like a little squ- a is it a squ- no, it was a squirrel. No, what did he? Yeah, he. That squirrel that kind of like, bizarre? yeah, he like hovered. <laughs> that was like a flying. That was like squirrel. a flying squirrel. We don't have those here. Well, maybe it's not a real squirrel. Tyler's freaking out. Hey, while we stand here and scour the windows, which actually is kind of freaking me out a little bit, just imagining if I saw something, but um, can I read some uh, TripAdvisor reviews of the Cronquist house while we stand here? People's experiences. Um, Lovely decor and setting. Teacup was cracked and the food was overpriced. Scones were good. Devonshire cream was much too sweet. Okay. So that wasn't a great review. Next one. Don't go here. Because you can see that this house is too old for your liking. Won't come back here again in Bower Ponds. That's unfortunate. Huh. There's a few more of these. The roast beef was good, but it was cold and... <laughs> the roast beef was good, but it was a cold and greasy mess. All the food was mediocre at best, except for the buns. They were good. So if you want to come for the ghosts and the buns, um, I'd recommend the Cronquist house. Yeah, we're not seeing anything out here, you guys. But uh, spooky or no? What do you think? I'm still trying to decide how that squirrel did what it did from the height it came and then somehow landed on that tree which is like 40 feet from the front steps yeah i'm not saying it was haunted no just, it <laughs> no. Was just really weird i think if you were in the you could see stuff here like if you wanted to or if you not even if you didn't want to if you came here expecting to see something i think you could see and experience something it's like there's a lot of lights that are pointing towards it and it's lit up around it can we walk right up to it yeah, nothing that would stop. I think we should. Let's do it. Let's go. Um, I actually, one of the questions I wanted to ask you guys as we walk up to the Cronquist house here is um, when you're at a place that is haunted or quote-unquote haunted, how much of you desires to see something? Like how much of you actually wants to have that experience? And does that factor into these ghost hunters, right? Like do, Zero do, do you want to see something right now? Like Tyler, do you want to see something in the window? Kind of. I don't know. Like, just I want to see Chris's reaction. I liked your reaction to that squirrel. I don't know. Like when you when you move around and you're looking at windows because of all the reflections and like you could convince yourself that you've you've seen something. But like, are and we going to go right up to the windows and look? Yeah, in? sure. Oh. We're crossing the threshold. <laughs> Chris, did you hear that? I'm pretty sure it was you. I hope. It looks like a tea house. Yeah, I can see through the house. It's a really nice night, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. When you guys walked over there, and I was kind of alone here, I had this moment where it's like, if I did see something, you guys would not believe me at all. There's right. no chance. I didn't see anything. Um, but I found myself wanting to. And that's one thing I want to maybe talk about a little bit. It's like a lot of people who believe in ghosts or presence or they go looking for it, you really want to see something. It's like those discovering Bigfoot shows, you know, like that's, so you're going to, you're more likely to see something or interpret something, I think. And so Chris, you're just a person that's like, you just don't. Well, like I'd be scared and wouldn't know what to do. So I wish that was on, we could get catch capture that moment, but I wonder if it's sort of the opposite where I don't expect to see anything that if, even if I did see something, I would discount it. Like if it works kind of both ways. Mm-hmm. Like, you'd be like, oh, it's just a trick of the light, or my, yeah. No. As we leave the Cronquist house, um, having not seen anything ethereal or creepy, we are actually more preoccupied with the squirrel that we saw. We saw it twice. Chris, 
just talk about what just happened. Well, like we've seen flying squirrels before on nature shows and stuff. They do not live in red deer, as far as I know, typically. But it sure looked like one jumped off the, what's that thing called, turret, and flew into the trees. So you're saying we saw something unexplainable out of the ordinary at the Cronquist house. I don't believe in flying squirrels, so I didn't see it. <laughs> Guys, I have one more location to go to before we head back in SMT. Sound good? This segment is brought to you by Veldheisen Construction. They have been building incredible homes for over 30 years. The Veldheisen team will guide you step-by-step through the design and build process. The finished product will be your design, your selections, your beautiful home. If you're looking to build in central or northern Alberta, call today to get started. Go to veldheisen.ca or see the show notes to get in touch. Born in 1879 in New Brunswick, Cottle Caldwell's journey to the Canadian West carried the weight of a haunting past. His service in the Canadian Army during the South African Boer War was a shadow that clung to his every step. In the summer of 1903, he arrived in the foreboding town of Red Deer, Alberta. Caldwell found fleeting work at Piper's Brickyard, only to be drawn further into the unknown depths of the Tail Creek, Delburn region. It was there that he crossed paths with the enigmatic Albert Content. Content's establishment of a town near Tail Creek was busy with a store and a post office teeming with tasks and hard work. On August 27, 1903, Content, Caldwell, and a third man named Edward Ferguson were proceeding down the Red Deer River on a raft carrying shingles. The river was running high, and the raft ran aground on a small island in the Red Deer River Canyon. They quickly jumped onto the island to free the raft from the sand when the boat suddenly dislodged. Content and Ferguson jumped back on the raft as it quickly moved again with the river. But Caldwell was not quick enough. Since the island was only 30 meters from the riverbank, Content presumed that Caldwell would simply swim ashore. But Caldwell was never heard from again. The following spring, a dog emerged from the area with a human bone in its jaws. A chilling debate gripped the town. Why did Caldwell not attempt to escape the island's grasp? Was he unable to swim? Did he die of starvation? Or something even more sinister? Why did Content not return for his friend? Morbid speculations swirled for years. Amidst inconclusive public inquiries, the town remained divided, unable to shake the lingering doubt that clung to content like a curse. Whispers persisted of his despair, of smiles forever lost in the labyrinth of regret and guilt. And to this day, as the veil between worlds grows thin, the wails of Cottle Caldwell's tormented spirit still reverberate across the desolate expanse of Wenman's Island, 
a perpetual plea for salvation in the face of an unyielding eternity. So we've come to our last stop here on the uh, first annual Red Deer Ghost Tour. And we are at uh, Three Mile Band Park. And we're going to actually walk a ways on the path here in the dark uh, to find where we believe the island to be. And then we can get kind of a feeling from the gentleman uh, about it. You need me to yeah, is it, is it straight or turn? Either way will get us there. Okay, let's do it. Tyler, what are your thoughts right now? I'm a little cold. Um, I think that's that was the most interesting of the stories. That one, that there's kind of just an interesting historical kind of true crime element to it. And then, yeah, I'd love to hear from someone who is convinced that they've heard the screaming. So maybe that'll happen tonight. Yeah. Maybe, we'll... maybe it'll be you convinced. <laughs> uh, Chris, you, there's a uh, pig, uh, Oli Mill is close by here. Mm-hmm. Could the screams of pigs be mistaken? I think, as we know, pigs and humans are very similar. But Oli Mill did not exist in 1903. Yeah, when did people start hearing the screams, Graham? Uh, I don't know the actual uh, years. Like, there's just various stories, a couple of message boards, urban legend... Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty convinced we're going to hear some screams out here tonight, you guys. I think it's going to be... Yeah. I'm a, I'm a little spooked. Like we're walking... No, definitely not. Well, I've had a question at each location for you guys, and my last question is more general. And I'm going to start with Chris. Halloween is in two days. Um... I just want to hear your thoughts, traditions, likes, dislikes. How do you feel about Halloween, Chris? Be honest. I've always loved... Um, we weren't really allowed to do Halloween as kids, which may come as a shock to our listeners. We celebrated Harvest Fest instead. Um, but my kids, I loved when they dressed up, and I would take them trick-or-treating. I really thought that was fun. So seeing little kids in costumes, I think, is fun. Collecting candy is fun. Everything else sucks. Ty. <laughs> I don't disagree with any of that. Like... It's fine. Dress up. Have some fun. I don't even... And I like candy. But I think I feel like it's a little much. Like, yeah, a lot like the kids come even after like, an hour, like half an hour, 45 minutes of trick-or-treating, you have so much candy. It's just a little excessive. Yeah. And I, I really don't like the decorations that people put up. Like that bothers me that people think that's cool. Does it bother you like spiritually? <laughs> no. Like, no. ethically? Financially? Uh, I don't know, just that you Sustainably? would... Sustainably? Just not, maybe, in, in taste. I, it just doesn't, it's not my taste. Do you guys feel like, is this like, oh, I'm, I'm getting old, so I hate this stuff, or, or do you think it is getting more and more out of hand, the amount of decorations, the, the nature of the, how gross some of them can be? Like, do you feel like it's changed, or are we just getting old? Well, I heard a thing on CBC Radio. There's the best seller at Home Depot is this 12-foot skeleton. Like, it's just... It's stupid, I think. It is getting out of hand. But is it just Halloween or is it Christmas and... Valentine's Valentine's, like... 
consumer consumerism is really what it is. And Graham, what what about you? You you. What do you think about Halloween? Yeah, I I just the last couple of years have really struck me like just how much stuff people have in front of their houses. I don't remember it being quite like that before. And my son convinced me to go to Spirit of Halloween the other day. And I wish I hadn't done that. That place was... Was it scary in there for him? Yeah, it was. You could tell he had this look on his face like, oh, I don't think I wanted this. So we're now emerging from the trail at nighttime and coming out to the Red Deer River here on the edge of the city and looking for what we believe to be Wedman's Island. Yeah, you can kind of see maybe part of it here. Yeah, it's hard to imagine the river being higher and... But actually, guys, being next to the river, to me, like... You can see how far away it might feel if you were in the middle on an island. you know what I mean? Like, when I first heard the story, I thought, it, it, that can't be that far. But if you don't know how to swim... Well, also, it's not like currently in the summer where you see rafters and kayakers. Like, nobody would have ever been on the river except to move things around. And so you'd only be doing it when the water was high and deep and it's dark... So yeah, you could, and if you didn't swim recreationally, which in 1903, there's a good chance you didn't, I could see that being a severe obstacle. A quick moment uh, just to listen in to hear the screams. It's quite nice, actually. I should point out that uh, in that story you heard, the bone was found by a dog, but the remains were found on the island, so... Of the actual man that was missing. Yeah. So that is definitely where they believe he died. So maybe we needed to come on a windier day. Because it's quite still. You can hear the river tinkling by. You mean like more sounds to mistake for yelling? Well, maybe you would. Maybe it's the wind. Like was the, were the screams on the wind? Or you could hear them anytime? I don't remember the specifics of that. Okay. But it's actually a pretty cool place to hang out. Chris, what do you think happened to him? Well, I mean, I would say logically he... Either the two guys killed him and left him there and then created the story, or I guess possibly he couldn't get back on the raft and then got injured or, you know, fell victim to the elements. Maybe it got really cold at night or he didn't have enough food, he couldn't swim, he starved, he broke his leg. It's pretty dark. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to cast judgment on on his buddies, but uh, something weird happened here. Something in this river happened that was a little weird. I think we'll never know really what happened here, will we? Probably not. No. But I think we can all agree that uh, he's out here somewhere. Did Did you hear that? Well, gentlemen, we're back in my home, which is sort of like an honorary haunted house at the end of our journey. <laughs> mm-hmm. It is over 100 years old, mm-hmm. and uh, there's spirits in here. You probably. turned down the heat significantly so that we yeah. had a chill on down our spine. It's kind of nice that we weren't told that our house was haunted until like right now we're about to leave, right? But you were told that. Yeah. Yeah. A woman told that to my wife. She said, there's been lots of stories over the years in that home. Huh. And I thought... Have you ever experienced anything out of the ordinary? 
I don't know if I'm comfortable talking about it. <laughs> I have not. Well, you already sold the house. So. <laughs> and that's, but that's funny, right? Like if I had experienced anything, would I have meant, like, is that relevant to the realtor? I don't know. Probably not. Anyway, thanks for coming on the trip, guys. Did yeah. you enjoy it? That was fun. It was cool to get outside mm-hmm. at nighttime. I don't do that enough. Oh, and it just the way you organized it had the clips playing. So Graham played the clips you're hearing yeah. on the way to each location, yeah. um, which was a neat way to set the tone. Uh, also, it was kind of an overcast, but fairly bright, snowy night. night mm-hmm. So, What was your favorite location? The river, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Figured as much. Yeah. Oh, Cronquist House was cool, too. I think they were all interesting. Like, And one thing, just walking around at night, you kind of can creep yourself out. Yeah. Like, not just of ghosts, but like, are we going to get beat up or are we going to encounter a moose or... I feel like a lot of this, I'm so skeptical of ghosts and all this kind of stuff, but a lot of it seems like confirmation bias in a way where like you, you can spook yourself out. And especially if you're, if you're a believer in those types of things and you, and you think you're open to the possibility that maybe you do interpret something a certain way and... Mm -hmm. Anyway, also, Chris, we, we found out that flying squirrels are around. Okay, I got to do a little more research, but it looks like uh, the Wikipedia entry I found shows that their range is from Alaska to Nova Scotia. Yeah. So, so we that's just, basically all of North America. Not as spooky as I thought. Odd. All right. Um, we have um, our confession segment here before we close. Hmm. And I like the way we do it now. If, you, if we host or we plan the episode, we don't have to do anything. We can just ask. So Chris, Tyler, do you have any recommendations and or confessions to close this off here? Well, I have a recommendation this time, and it's a musical artist. All right. Uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> have you heard of them? <laughs> no, surprisingly. I would have remembered that. Name. <laughs> I think maybe you mentioned before to me. Yeah, I think I've mentioned Otherwise, I've heard you. of it somewhere else. But, but they're pretty prolific they're australian band i can't really i would call them like experimental like all their Mm. albums are quite different like the album i showed you last year graham was like a thrash pretty heavy like hard rock kind of like old school metallica style Hmm. album called petro dragonic apocalypse (laughs) or dawn of eternal night and annihilation of planet earth but they just released a new album that is all synth electronica. Hmm. And there's two versions. One version, every song is like shrunk to about four minutes. And then the extended version is 10 to 15 minute songs. That's cool. And it's the same band, but they just, every album that comes out is very different, but they're also very talented. And hmm. it, so I recommend nothing specific from them, just that you check them out and just they're they're impressive like they're king gizzard and the lizard wizard <laughs> what it called king gizzard yeah and the lizard wizard that's a really cool band name <laughs> and if you were anybody who listens to our podcast who listens to them let us know what you thought i'd love to hear yeah because i remember you showed me the thrash metal kind of style and it was impressive it was they're very good musicians yeah for sure yeah they have yeah. and like they go back to i think they have 20 plus full-length releases but they release multiple in a year like i'm just kind of scrolling through they have in 2017 four five lps holy cow we're doing two this year so something yeah Mm -hmm. uh that reminds me of we had a a band short-lived band in college and we were called listerine charlie sheen 
I yeah. like it. And I always liked that band name. Yeah. Before, nice. before he kind of went weird for a while there. Yeah, yeah. he hit the Listerine a little too hard. <laughs> uh, I'm going to also recommend some music. Uh, I was recently in Las Vegas and saw U2 at the Sphere. Not my recommendation because it's not like you can just easily do that. But if you get a chance, you should. Otherworldly experience. But one of the producers of U2 over the years is a guy named Brian Eno. And he does his own ambient music and kind of ethereal music. And maybe you guys have listened to him before. He's yeah, so awesome. And he has, I don't, the, we were listening to some of his stuff at the sphere kind of in, as you walk in and get to your seats and it was, you could tell his mm. kind of inspired ambient music of notes you would recognize from U2 songs, but then they would just kind of trail off and last for a long time and you wouldn't really know what it was you were hearing. And then you'd hear like a couple notes and kind of be back oh, into cool. it. It was just so cool. So That's neat. check out anything he's done, but especially his album called music for airports, which is really great. Awesome. Double dose of music and no confessions. No, both of you wanted to confess. You were scared tonight, but you just didn't <laughs> admit it next time. I could tell. All right. One of my favorite things to do in life is to, um, have a shower. But one of my other favorite things to do <laughs> is to get feedback about the podcast. <laughs> do you want to read the email? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one good way to get a hold of us is through our Gmail account, harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com. And our friend Karen wrote an email from Chicago. It's hmm. fairly long. I'll read the last part. But her and her husband, Andrew, were in Chicago. And they she was reflecting on othering. So I'll just read the end here. Just a snippet of things they observed were construction site posters proudly stating that they didn't hire illegals and official refugees given bicycles built by carpet store owners during a team building exercise. Each group being othered differently by those who have roofs over their head, money in a bank, food in their bellies, and general safety and security. I don't think I have a point here. It's complicated. Institutions are trying to do good work to help, and it can fall flat at times. Am I brave enough, generous enough, capable enough to open my home to a family or person deep in crisis to take the burden off institutions? Yeah. Awesome reflecting that Karen's doing there. Um, Yeah, appreciate the email. Also, a shout out to our friend Peter, Peter Pirick, big fan of the show, sent me a text asking for the um, numerical entry or opening for episode 101 that we didn't include and now are including, but we have recorded. So if you do want to hear what that is, you reach out to us and we'll send it to you. You get a personalized MP3 from Chris. You do. Yeah. Yeah. For 101. And you, you, in order to do that, you have to email us at harmoniousgentleman at gmail.com. Right. Hey, Tyler. Yeah. Have fun on your trip. Yeah. Thank Mm -hmm. you. I will. It is. I think it will be awesome. Capture some pictures. Kiss the Blarney Stone. Yeah. yeah. Drink a Guinness, etc. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be great. Cool. Hope you guys have a great time too. Good, have fun trick-or-treating. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> I normally stay home and hand out candy. I think I'm actually going to go out with the kids this year. Oh, that's fine. I'm ecstatic about. <laughs> no. Yeah. Next time we uh, we chat, we'll be in a new home as well. So lots of changes. Wow. Lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Will the next episode be in your new home, do you think? If you guys want to record one of your... By the way, we should, we should mention we've just done our sort of series on Alberta where we each took a different mm-hmm. topic. And I think we're going to just keep rolling with the taking turns and surprising each other. We might not have it be Alberta specific for a while. We'll just kind of leave it just open to what we decide and we want to talk about. And Tyler's next. So yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see what you come up with. Yeah, you will. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you will. All right, fans. Well, the fire's dying down. The mm-hmm. tea is almost gone. 
So we should probably retire to our abodes. Mm-hmm. Good tea, by the way. Yeah. Thanks to Heidi, who also narrated the episode and did a great job. Yeah, good job, Heidi. Very good. Very spooky voice. Very spooky. All right, guys. Well, I guess we'll see you next time. <laughs> mm-hmm. On In the Harvard. Harmonious oh, Gentleman. Whoops. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs>